This is Winging Motown Radio. Welcome to the postseason. Today we have got JJ and we've got Peter, and then I will be taking the reins for uh, hosting tonight. And I'm Kyle. Uh, Hey, gentlemen, how are we? Pretty good. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Everybody's doing really well, and that's that's, uh, exciting. Um, So, yeah, we are officially uh, on day two of the NHL. Uh, 2018 NHL playoffs. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, kick this off uh, with basically talking about the, the season, the long, ugly, painful mm-hmm. season that was 2017-2018 uh, for the Red Wings is finally over. Um, and, you know, we're starting to see, you know, they cleaned out their lockers already. There's a lot to go over, a lot, to, a lot of opinions out there. I know I penned a, an article about, you know, the... Uh, you know, the the choice to bring back Ken Holland for a couple of years and the choice to retain Jeff Lashell as a head coach, uh, you know, and I personally am not crazy about it, but I, I, I'm not looking at it as the end of the world or anything like that. Um, so basically what I, the way I think about it is that um, I don't know of any other GM candidate out there that I, unless there's somebody out there who is, hidden somewhere, which I'm sure there is, but I just don't trust the man, uh, the ownership of the team to, to make the right decision there. I don't think that – basically the way I look at it is I trust Ken Holland more than I trust Chris Illich. So um, – and I – Blash Hill has his bad tendencies just like any coach, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to – I think that, you know, for given the situation where the Red Wings are, um, you know, it's just – it's not like, a, oh, well, you, you brought in a new GM and you brought in a new head coach. Everything's fine now. Uh, very rarely does that, you know, work out. So um, I'm fine with it. Uh, and I think it's going to be an interesting offseason. It's be a huge offseason for Ken Holland uh, with all the draft picks he has and, you know, potential trades and all that stuff uh, and a real shot at getting a high draft pick. So I think it's going to be a really interesting offseason. It's going to be exciting. Um, but, you know, we're just going to have to wait for now and watch other stupid hockey teams play in the stupid mm. playoffs. Mm. Uh, so JJ, I guess uh, what is your your take on all this? What are you? What is what's on your mind? I would hand the reins of this team to Kyle Dubas in an instant if uh, he were willing to uh, move over from Toronto. And I, I don't care about the the Ken Holland thing. Uh, I would let him do whatever he wants to do in terms of the coaching staff, whether that's keep Jeff Blashill around or to put his mark on the team. Uh, I think that would be the ultimate win-win because either Kyle Dubas, because either way, we have no idea if Kyle Dubas or if um, Ken Holland is capable of doing the better job right now for the Red Wings rebuild. I know that Red Wings fans probably aren't uh, very confident in Ken Holland's abilities, and but if Dubas succeeds, then... Great for everybody, and also, haha, fuck you, Leafs fans, because you didn't keep him. If Dubis sucks and fails, then yes, that sucks for us, but also, haha, fuck you, Leafs fans, because you thought he was great, and you were wrong, and we proved that wrong. So, we still suck, which would ultimately suck a whole lot, but at least somebody else would have to share in some sort of embarrassment slash bad feelings, and I'm <laughs> sure that... 
that Leafs fans would be crying about having dodged that bullet. Um, Sounds like no, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't know if, if Ken Holland is, is capable of, of doing a good job in, like, an actual committed rebuild. I know that he's really good at spinning comments. I know that he is seeing, like, uh, Mike Bremer's <laughs> piece on when they decided to bring back Ken Holland uh, brought up a lot of a lot of good points. Like he seems to have learned his lesson about the the mistakes he's made, and that there's a, a decent shot that once given the full you know power of really yeah you do need to play the kids and you do need to to develop that and and we need to start you know get the aging vets out of the way yeah and. Then, yeah, but, I mean, they're already talking about bringing back Mike Green, and I'm not as upset about the concept of bringing back Mike Green as a lot of people are because I think there is a sensible deal out there that doesn't terribly hurt. It just relies on a lot of other things that it's kind of hard to to trust in. Like, yeah. is Xavier Roulette going to get moved on? Is is Are they going to keep Nick Jensen? Because Jensen was good, but he wasn't good enough for what we need. Yeah, how many games is Nick Cronwall going to play next year? Like Mike Green could fit on a Red Wings blue line that makes sense and has his building towards the future. Uh, but a lot of other stuff has to happen for that to make sense too. And uh, you'll forgive me for not having a grand deal of, of faith in all of those if then scenarios working out just the right way. Yeah, I, uh, I, I tend to agree with you uh, in terms of, Kyle Dubas, I think, you know, if, if that was a sure thing, then I, you know, I would definitely be on board. The thing is, is that we don't have an owner that is, uh, he's not, he doesn't know that, like, how should I put it? He doesn't know. I, I, I just, I have a feeling that he doesn't know who Kyle Dubas is. He doesn't pay attention to that stuff. Chris Illich is pound for pound, top to bottom, side to side, front to back, <laughs> a businessman. Like, he is, he's not who, I mean, and I'm not saying Mike Illich was some sort of hockey genius, but, you know, he... He hired the right people to, to, to do the job at the time. And, uh, you know, it was always, you know, like, you know, team first, uh, you know, money later or something like that. I mean, that's probably not how it was at Grand Sheen. But anyways. Um, yeah, I get my- that he's a businessman, but as a businessman, wouldn't it make more sense to, like, have smart people? No, yeah, absolutely. Know who, the, who you need to know in order to to do what's best for the business. And what's best for the business is having course, a, a, the course, best GM. But, of course, but. That's the thing. He doesn't know. And I don't think he, I, I mean, I just. But you, you say know. he doesn't know based on him being a businessman, but I'm saying as a businessman, he would know. I'm talking about a businessman in terms of dollars and cents. I like, think I'm not Kyle sure. Dubas would be cheaper than Ken Holland. I'm sure he would be, but I'm talking about like, just in terms of he's, he sees one thing and that's just, you know, the uh, probably money flow. And, you know, I, I just don't think that he knows the market enough to say, all right, well, we're going to, we're going to shoot the shot here and go after Kyle Dubas or whoever. I just, it's, it's more of, you know, I, we're just going to stick with what we've had because a, it's the safe, the safe choice for me. And B, I don't know what the hell I'm doing in terms of hockey, but that's, that's not a businessman decision though. What isn't that doing that, that, that doesn't sound like what a, a businessman would do. Okay, well, whatever. Um, I think that he's just not. He, I just don't think he has the knowledge for it. So, it is. It's whatever. Um, and I, I don't think that Chris Illich is the right kind of guy. And uh, I, I think that largely this team will never really have a mass overhaul until there's someone else in the picture. 
Uh, that's just the way I, I look at it. I could be completely wrong, and I hope I am prov- proven wrong. But I just that's my that's my opinion. I don't believe in ownership, and I think that moving on to Ken Holland, I think that having Ken Holland learn from his mistakes and then see if he can fix them, I think that's not a terrible idea. Um, I think maybe he can do it. Maybe he does see. Yep, I I screwed it up. Now uh, I'm gonna have to wiggle out, and you know it's gonna be painful, but we're gonna do it. Um, but I just, you know, I, I don't have much, you know, belief in, in, in Ken Holland. Um, but I have more belief in Ken Holland than I do in Chris Illich. So um, that's just how I look at it. That's my opinion. I'm probably a vast minority in that belief, but that's just how I feel. Peter, um, what, how do you, how do, what do you take away from all this? Well, I, I just have a, a quick question actually kind of for both of you because as you guys were talking back and forth, I just I, – I thought of something. And, and again, this is just off the top of my head, so this, like – I haven't really thought this whole thing through, but what about the idea of Chris Illich trying to bring in somebody to make this decision? You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 uh, like other teams will have, um, you know, like if you look at Toronto, you know, let's take Toronto, for example, you know, I mean, they have Lamarillo, but they have Shanahan, you know, they have hockey people to make these decisions. So like, if you're, if you're somebody like Chris Illich and, and, you know, let's say, let's say that, you know, he doesn't know a lot about hockey, you know, couldn't it be a possible scenario for him to go out and get somebody to kind of make this, you know, to help him make a more informed decision? I mean, does that make sense or am I just crazy? I'm just, I that's basically what I was getting at in terms of that's what a, what I would expect a businessman to do. That's kind of what the Leafs did and they were run by the, you know, Ontario p- teacher's pension. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe he could do something like mm. that, uh, but mm. I, I just, I don't think he will. I, mm. I don't, I don't see it happening. Okay. Uh, but I mean, I, like I said, I, I could be wrong, and I hope I get proven wrong. But oh, sure. You know, I, if, that, I, if that was the plan, then you know he would have, he would have done it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and, and so j- just to be clear, when I said oh sure, I wasn't replying to the part where you said you could be wrong. I was, I was uh, thinking oh, yeah. about like, like we could all be wrong. You know, I mean, like we're sure, you know. Um, and, and part of this is, um, you know, kind of thinking through the situation is, you know, it, it's it's kind of like what I wrote, uh, you know, when I had my my opinion piece go up about this um, is one of the things that's really hard is it's that whole grass is always greener situation. Or if you want to use another cliche, it's like the devil, you know, as opposed to the devil, you don't know. Um you know, we don't know what the other options were, you know, like, like, like JJ was saying, I mean, obviously Kyle Dubas is somebody that I think the three of us have talked about in the past, you know, when we talked about potential replacements, um, you know, there's also a couple, uh, you know, assistant GMs that always seem to come up, uh, you know, I, for, I, I forget, I think, uh, is it Brisebois in, in Tampa Bay? And I know the, uh, the guy in Nashville, like they, you know, they always get mentioned. And I mean, there could be other, op- you know, other options as well. Um, but it's always hard because we don't know, like, if we didn't bring back Ken Holland, what would have been the other option? You know, because if, if it was something, you know, I mean, obviously it's kind of oversimplifying, but it could have been a worse option. It could have been better. But the problem is, like, we don't really know what that would be. You know, so we're trying to, you know, we're trying to kind of make this evaluation with incomplete information. And I mean, that's, you know, we, we kind of end up doing that, you know, most of the time. Um, right. I think where I'm at right now is I will I will take a line from one of my favorite TV shows all time and I will say I want to believe um, it's like, like, like I think both of you uh, said yeah, it before. Sense. <laughs> like now that the decision has been made 
I want Ken Holland to do well. And I, I think pretty much, I mean, I would say almost everybody wants that. Um, you know, I, I, I wish we had gone in a different direction. At the same time, I hope in a year or two to be talking about how I was wrong and I'm glad that I was wrong because we're, we're doing really well. Um, I think the, you know, he had the press conference the other day and, and one of our uh, uh, commenters brought up a really good point that, you know, we were getting these tweets from, uh, you know, the beat writers. And honestly, I don't know if you guys did the same thing, but it's like they're coming through on my timeline and they're literally all saying the same thing. You know, it was like we could have just had one person. And we would have gotten all the same information. Uh, and the commenter basically said that, that there was a lot of context that was kind of not really in the tweets. Um, and so, you know, you know, th th there are a couple of things that I think annoyed me. Like one of them I, I, I posted on Twitter about the, you know, uh, the straw man thing where, you know, rebuilds aren't with 20 kids. It's like nobody says that, you know, you know, there, there's <laughs> you're replying to an argument that doesn't exist. Um, but he did say, you know, it's one of those things where he said at least most of the right things. Um, it sounds like he is way more in line with, you know, what some of us have been saying, you know, needs to happen with the team at the same time, just because of the past results, you know, the past things that have happened, uh, you know, he, he, he has made some really good moves in the past couple of years, but he's also done some things that, you know, I'm not really a fan of. And so right. yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. You know, yeah, and, and sure. I, I, I hope I hope to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody's. Yeah, of course, we want to see him succeed because I'm right. team succeeds. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, the nutshell is that I'm happy to be, you know, the, the the other voice in it all. Like, you know, I just don't I don't I don't think that Chris Lich is the kind of businessman that is made for running a hockey team. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe he ends up being better. But it's just. <laughs> This is how I feel about it. Sure. I don't feel. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. We we I understand you feel you feel that way. Yeah, we disagree. Um, yeah, in terms of the uh, the concept of the the diggers and all reporting the same tweets, it is kind of funny. Just like the minor differences, mm -hmm. like um, you know, they were reporting on the concept of Mike Green's surgery, and Wakiji tweeted out like like they were going to resign him, and then like probably twenty seconds later, Greg Krupa said Mike Green's surgery is success. I anticipate he'll be 100% going into training camp. And then added, we'll see how he's feeling and talking to scouting meetings and after draft to make a decision where, like, the way Wakiji had, had couched that that information made it sound like they had already decided to re-sign him. So yeah. just those little differences in how they choose to report him is fine. And I also wanted to touch on uh, just real quick the concept of, uh, you know, now that the, the decision on Ken Holland has been made, you know, I feel – let's get on board. I want to believe let's, mm. you know, I, we're not really rooting for that uh, for, you know, we're not really rooting for Ken Holland to fail or the Red Wings to fail. And I do like, I want to touch on, on fan policing just a little bit and say, I do get that there is a concept where you can be rooting for Ken Holland to fail here because you think it is the quickest, best way for the Red Wings to move forward. I also think that there is a bit of personal pride in some people who are rooting for Ken Holland to fail just because they don't want to be proven wrong about about that? Mm. The former, I can totally get behind. The latter, fuck you. That's <laughs> like serious. It's 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 fuck your fantasy team. We're rooting <laughs> against the Red Wings just because like you've got this stupid heart on about like you are so convinced that Ken Holland cannot get it right. Then I don't shit about your opinion, and I just want to like yeah. angrily say that. 
Like I will try my best to not ever say that to you on whim because <laughs> it's helpful, but know in my heart of hearts that I think that's a shitty attitude and I hate it. Right on. And then yeah. on the flip side of things, I think uh, it's also a very good possibility that maybe Ken Holland's two-year contract is a plan in the in the bigger picture. Maybe it's just a, a stopgap to get some the team to somewhere else. Who knows? Uh, yeah. You know, it, 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 that could happen. So um, moral of the story is that, you know, the vast majority of people are not happy with the decisions that have been made. Uh, I'm just kind of whatever. I mean, I don't like Holland. I don't think he's great but it's fine i mean whatever i uh and, and then for the coaching thing um for blashill i mean i i'm fine with it it's not a big deal to me i mean i i think i'd rather have him than like dave tippett i think yeah i I, I, I I don't know but it you know there's just i think this is just a, a you know like a just a, a a little like ripple in in the in the ocean so it's like mm. you know it's there's more to come i think in the coming years and it's gonna be it's gonna be a long process, and if he can dig himself out of it, then great. If he can't, then well, hopefully they make the right decision on the next guy coming in. So, you know. Yeah, I'm way more happy about bringing Blasio back, just because the more I've I've seen the way the team kind of grew up. Yeah, this yeah. season, like I'm I'm more convinced that what the team needs in terms of the young kids is a guy that that is what Blasio can provide, and I think Blasio is a better coach than. And what he's produced so far absolutely, in Detroit, absolutely. And I think that he's going to be a successful NHL coach in his next job somewhere else. Um, but in terms of getting us to that, that when we're ready for the right coach at the right time, I, th- I think that he's basically the, the good uh, babysitter for for that, the, the right guy for that job. And yeah. I don't think I don't think Tippett yeah. is. And God, I'm I'm terrified of Vigneault because I think that guy's. Awful. Oh God! Oh God! Uh, please, yeah, please no! A, he's a nightmare. I mean, you know, living in the New York metro area, um, I hear a lot about him, and almost none of it's positive. In fact, like maybe one percent. <laughs> right. I uh, and you know, I think that at the uh, end of the, you know, at the end of the day, um, I think it's really it's been uplifting to see not only uh, I think it's just mostly like those young players. They're starting to kind of seems like he is creating more a uh, Blashill I'm talking about has, is creating mm-hmm. more of a relationship with his players. And yeah. I think that's very important. Um, you know, whether he's here for the long haul or not, but uh, I mean, you know, moving on to, I mean, this is something we could probably spend two whole shows talking about the Ken Holland and the Jeff Blashill and the what ifs and the, mm-hmm. the who's the what's the where's, the what's <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it is what it is. It's a, it's a house divided right now in, in Detroit or in the Red Wings fan base. And, you know, yeah, it's basically, the house is filled with people who don't like what they're doing. And then the people who are okay with it are like shoved inside like the bathroom. So it's, you know, cause there's just not that many of them, um, <laughs> but it's all good. I mean, whatever, we'll see what happened. I, 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 you know, I, I, I make, you know, it, it's a weird part of me that is excited to see what happens. So, um, I mean, you've got things are working out. I think personally for a lot, you know, I mean, you look at Rasmussen who was a, you know, they took it ninth overall last year and everybody is, uh, very mad at that time, and I was too. Oh my like, god, I you know, remember that. Yeah, I was, I was livid. I was like, <laughs> "How do you not take, you know, these other pe- these other players?" Um, and you know, Rasmussen's going on like a, like a, like a, a shut the hell up tour in the playoffs right now. I mean, the kid has like twenty points in seven games, and he's been a monster, and he looked good in preseason too. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's, maybe there's, you know, uh, maybe there's more to it. Uh, 
you know, and we'll see. But uh, I think that ultimately uh, Ken Holland was the safe choice and so was Blashill. So uh, I'm fine with being safe. And uh, but, you know, I think that this two year contract for Colin should be his last, his absolute last as a general manager. So, amen. Yeah, and and uh, Kyle, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Wasn't it? Wasn't it the same with Chalowski? Like when he was drafted, everybody was like, "Holy shit, what the hell were they thinking?" Yeah, and I mean, then, that, was, yeah. that was that was like a worse pick than the Rasmussen pick. Yeah, because Chalowski was a guy that was like projected to go in like the late second round or something like that. Um, yeah. And personally, I think he's probably just going to end up being like another Xavier Ouellette. You know, okay, yeah. not that special of a player, but who knows? Um, you know, you never really know until you get him up here. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but yeah, I think that's uh, like I said, we could talk about this for hours. But <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you either like it or you don't. And uh, you know, I personally think that arguing with people who who don't, or, you know, who have that other opinion, I just you know, it's it's very rarely is a constructive. <laughs> but yeah. I think I think that it's an important conversation to have among fans because there is a serious, serious, serious like like JJ brought up. There's a serious gap. Uh, between, you know, passion, passion and uh, just fan policing. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, anything else you guys like want to wanna talk about in terms of, uh, you know, the season being over and what's what's to come and looking ahead? Hmm. Uh, not until April 28th with the draft lottery. Because yeah. 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 there's April just so 20th. much there's so much uh, variance there that and I'm I've I've said this. I say this basically every spring that I I don't care enough about draft positioning or or stuff like that. Like to to really dig into it. I'm glad that we have people that that spend a lot of time paying attention to these kids uh, that I can just kind of read on and go like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And like pretend that I I also know what <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, after after Rasmus Dahlin, it's like uh, I will form an opinion later when I know more about our actual draft positioning. Right. right. What I'm curious uh, for you guys is because sure. this is something that's been weird for me since the end of Saturday, at the end of the, the end of the season, is like it really feels like I'm like my hockey hatred is is like my hockey feelings are reawakening right now. Like it felt like the last couple of months of the season were just a, a, a drag, like just put it out of its misery. Like, I yeah. don't care about hockey. Like, I just want to get through the end of the season. And now that we are through the end of the season, like, really, I'm I'm getting like very angry at other teams for not being <laughs> the Red Wings. And uh, like a, a lot. My hockey hatred is, has come back. It's I, I feel rejuvenated. Um, but I also feel kind of guilty because it's it's like. I was waiting for my team to die, and now they finally yeah. have. Uh, yeah, is anyone else feeling like that? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, I think the biggest reason that it feels like that is that you now have something to kind of look forward to. You have something to be excited about. I mean, the draft lottery is a an exciting thing to leading up to. Um, so, and, you know, with the draft and all this other stuff that's going to be coming on in the summertime and the offseason, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, Pretty easy to get excited over that uh, after the season the Red Wings have, you know, the way I look at it. Yeah, so that's true. Mm-hmm. I think it's now that we finally have something to look forward to that could potentially be a turning point or it could be, you know, uh, an integral part of this timeline of 
rebuilding. I mean, you know, it's it's a, it's a big deal. So uh, yeah, it's I don't think I don't see a problem with being like that. I'm certainly the same way. I lost all my excitement for this team back in like I want to say probably December, January, <laughs> maybe maybe even before that. So no, yeah, I, think, I think I think you're fine, man. I think you've got that's not a bad thing at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if I had to like describe the season in in one word as like you know, a fan or somebody trying to cover it is exhausting. Like, like, like that's how I just felt, you know, trying to, trying to get up the emotion sometime was just exhausting, you know, after a while. So, um, you know, I can definitely see like, you know, kind of now that it's over and, you know, you know, we're taking a step into the unknown, then, you know, the feeling, you know, it's a lot easier for the feelings to come back a little bit, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to belabor this with like being too melodramatic or painful <laughs> about it, but it's been almost a, a year since we had to put down our oldest dog. Oh. Oh yeah. And it was like it was really hard to do, and mm. like he, but he he had been. It was it was merciful at that point. Mm. It was. It yeah, was like, right you know that. Yeah. yeah, like you know, it's the right thing to do, but you also feel kind of like bad about feeling better about how much you're no longer having to just wait for this to happen. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good analogy. It's a depressing yeah, analogy, but it's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. It did make me appreciate the time. Like we we got a, more than a great decade out of out of that dog, and it was it made me finally appreciate the the good times that we did have without having to worry about. Um, how much he was suffering later. So yeah, that's that's basically the end of this Red Wing season was putting down the <laughs> amen. dog you've loved for the last ten years. Yeah, yeah amen to that, man. That's a that's a good analogy. Um yeah. so I think, you know, the other the other side of this uh you know, kind of now that we're in the off season, um and I kinda touched on this before, seeing Ken Holland kind of dig himself out of the hole that he dug, um that's Probably one of the most, and it was like that for me going into last offseason too. It's like I'm excited to see what this guy is going to do, like because you know the chickens are coming home to roost now. It's yeah. like you got to pay Larkin, you got to pay Mantha, even though they'll probably bridge them out. Yeah. Like it's you know there's big there's big moves to be made, and you know it's, it's you know something's got to give. So yeah, and that's one thing Ken Holland has always been good at. He's always yeah. been good at sweeping up the crap that he drops <laughs> and just like putting it somewhere else for the time being until it drops out again and he has to clean it back up. Yeah. You know, like that's just, he's really worked that the salary cap really well over the years. Uh, so I don't know. That's, that's one thing I'll definitely say uh, about Holland and I'm excited to see what he has in store. So yeah. Uh, and I, I'm sorry. No, it's uh, okay. I just think that he, he needs to be bold. He needs mm. to do something. So yeah, because I think uh, the other day was it yesterday, the day before when they were having the the locker locker clean out with all the quotes. Um, there was a quote from from Mantha uh, about that, or, or maybe it was his agent. There's something about Mantha where it, it sounds like he wants a bridge deal. Um, yeah. And I think obviously I think that's going to be helpful, you know, than if he if he wanted to, you know, like a yeah. six year deal or something like that. Um, I love so, that. I yeah. love I love what Mantha said in terms of the you know or what what has been reported that he thinks yeah. or how he feels about it is that he's cool with a two-year bridge deal because he feels like this season while he was a 20-goal scorer and he had a really good a decent season um he you know and i he said this at some point on fox sports detroit uh weeks ago 
that mm. he expected to score 60 plus points and 30 plus goals this season. And he's very disappointed in himself in that. And yeah. I think that's a fantastic thing to see for him or hear from him because the kid believes in himself and he wants to prove it. And uh, I hope he's just trains that, you know, just trains like hell all over the off season. And he comes out next season pissed off and mm. just wants to, you know, and then he rips 40 goals or something like that. That'd be great. But, you know, I, I think that's a, that's going to be a very interesting storyline coming into the offseason and then coming out of the offseason is Anthony yeah. Mantha and uh, what, what where is he going to go from here? So yeah. that's going to be fun and that's going to be interesting. So Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, we can move along to our, uh, our next uh, topic here, which is the, the big topic in hockey, and that's the playoffs. Uh, so we've already yeah. gone through a game, you know, I'm sorry, game one, day one of the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins absolutely beat the crap out of the Flyers in an embarrassing fashion. The Flyers look like <laughs> like middle school hockey while, you know, they're basically D-League versus, you know, uh, yeah, it's it was bad. It's like the Toledo Mudhens played the, the, the Boston Red Sox, uh, you know, for a baseball analogy for you since it's baseball season two. Um, I think that, well, as of now, as we're recording this podcast, uh, the, the Pittsburgh won, and uh, so did Winnipeg. Yeah, uh, and the Knights or the Gold Knights are currently uh, playing uh, the Kings, and they're up one to nothing. Uh, so, what do you? What, I mean, what do you guys think about? You know, who is your who is your your pick, and then your sleeper pick to, who, you know, the, your obvious clear cut pick to to go all the way, and then your team that you kind of think, well, they might be able to do it, and but I don't believe in them, but I think that they might be able to do it. For me, I think that the Predators are pretty much the, the, the popular pick right now, for me at least. It's mm. either the Predators or the Bolts, and uh, the, I'll take the Preds. Um, but my sleeper pick is the Winnipeg Jets. I think they've got something real special going on there, and they're a really good hockey team finally. And uh, they, they've got the elite talent, the veteran core leadership, the young goalie that's really good. Um, so those are my picks, uh, mm. you know, to actually go all the way and, to, and take the, uh, the Stanley Cup. Uh, what about what about you, Peter? Well, it's interesting because I I was gonna say almost the exact same thing, mm-hmm. uh, except I, I I would go with Tampa over Nashville in the final. But I think I think it's I mean I would not be surprised if Nashville won. I mean I think I think th- this could easily be their year. Um, so I was gonna say the Jets for my sleeper. So I'm gonna pick a different team. Um, this is I guess this is partially this could definitely be heart more than head, but I am going to pick Washington mm. because it's it's kind of one of those things like like it has to happen one year, right? Like <laughs> you know, like uh, I I don't know. It, it seemed like like last year was their year. It seemed like, you know, you know, Pittsburgh comes in, they don't have Latang and you know, they're beat up and oh yeah, Washington's definitely gonna take this, and then it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So I mean it's partially just because I really wanna see Ovechkin win. Um, especially after all these years of coming up short and, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go with Washington. I hope it's not a, a jinx, but um, I, I, I think just because I would, I would like to see that happen. I personally think the Blue Jackets are going to take that series. Um, I, nothing which surprised me with Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, JJ, what about you? Uh, I picked the, uh, the Bolts over the Predators in the, the Cup final. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, – that Winnipeg and Washington make good, strong sleeper. Cause that's the thing is like, we're also, we're picking our sleeper picks from like 
these are decently high seeds. I don't, I don't yeah. just don't think that we can get realistic with any of the the lower seeds. Um, yeah. Yeah. But my uh, if I have to pick one that that's not Winnipeg or, or Washington, uh, I'll go with uh, with Boston. I, I think that they mm-hmm. have they are better than like they've outplayed the team that I think that they are truly, but not by the same degree like Vegas skated on. I think Boston does have a lot of actual yeah. like real life strength uh, and would have to rely on less kind of luck to like get to stay consistent. Yeah. Um, although they could also lose in the first round of Toronto because Toronto is kind of a, a huge wild card there in terms yeah. of the youth they've got and the coach they've got um, mm-hmm. makes that- yeah, makes that, really interesting yeah. con- considerations on how far they can go. That entire series, uh, the Bruins and the Leafs, it will come down to one thing, I think, and that is goaltending. Yeah, I think. I, well, I, I mean, ultimately in the in the playoffs, it always comes down to goaltending. But just yeah. um, ask Philly. Who? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Good lord, man. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna be, you know, Rask versus Freddie Anderson and I would say Rask is probably gonna we should win that but at the same time Rask I don't know sometimes he just doesn't have it and you know it wouldn't surprise me uh, so we'll see with that that's why and that's why I kind of picked uh, the Blue Jackets over the Capitals because I think Sergei Bobrovsky is like one of the best goaltenders in the league mm. like he is a fantastic goalie um, but yeah I uh, I I, I I wouldn't be surprised uh, if the Leafs won, and I would be I definitely would be surprised if the Bruins won. So yeah. <laughs> that's a, that'll be that'll be a good that'll be a good match, I think. Matchup, oh yeah, so. um, yeah. If you're only allowed to watch one series, that should probably be the one to watch. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, 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 that's a dumb limitation. Why would you only be allowed <laughs> to watch one series? Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. you're, I'm just gonna watch this one thing. All right, it's fine. It's really cool. It's like, um. So I'd say our stone cold black for many of us is uh, is uh, the bolts. It sounds like uh, I'm taking the Preds uh, because I like PK Subban. Yeah, <laughs> and so uh, and I like Philip Forsberg, and mm-hmm. you know they'll have you know a, a couple of kid, young kids oh, yeah. from Tolbanen yeah. and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I don't want the Preds to win. I just think the Bolts. Oh win. yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't want. I want the Bolts to get swept in the first round, but <laughs> and it could happen. Who knows? It's the playoffs. <laughs> um. So, all right. That's that's kind of. I guess that's kind of all we have to talk about in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. Now it's just like kind of you know start your engines and and go. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So I guess let's move into positivity corner because I think that's something that. The Red Wings fan base as a whole really, really needs. Um, and today we're gonna let JJ take the lead on Positivity Corner right now. Um, I, you, you know, we'd already kind of talked about the the fact that there's so much to look forward to in terms of what's what's going to happen from here on out, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing um, Larkin at the Worlds. I think I'll, yes. I'll just say that. That's one thing we had not talked about yet, but yes, I, I am very excited to see Larkin at the Worlds. I'm excited to play see Larkin play hockey anytime. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, uh, I, I think that's going to be good, and I hope that maybe since Blashill is running the ship there, he's going to get big minutes. So 
Um, and I'm sure you will. So, uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good one. Um, I, I like that. Uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to go with um, uh, one. Uh, I think it was uh, Edub Nas. He uh, he put an article in one of the comments that I had missed. Uh, and it was about a uh, the the title is the heart to heart between Blashill and Mantha that repaired their relationship. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I think you know this is obviously something that we as fans have been kind of wondering about because you know like I said before we always have incomplete information we don't know what goes on behind the scenes we don't know what goes on in the locker room and you know in the offices and stuff and so I thought this was this was a really positive story for me to see you know how how how, how they had these issues but they were able to work it out and and they both come off really good in this story you know like it sounds like they both did the right thing and you know they were both proactive and positive and so that definitely made me feel a lot better about some of the concerns i had earlier in the season so yeah so if you haven't read this article it's a really good one okay yeah that's uh that's a yeah. good one i i like that and that we kind of touched on that earlier how yeah. specials kind of Making uh making relationships within uh with with on his roster, so that's that's all yeah. you know that's something to be positive about I think um especially with the young core. Right. Um, my positive thought uh, is that I am going to thoroughly enjoy. I thoroughly enjoy looking forward to. If this is very weirdly rooted because <laughs> it's just yeah. I thoroughly enjoy getting to see Henrik Zetterberg score score his one thousand point next season. Mm. I think that is going to be a very fun day, and he will do it. He will do it. And uh, if you want my opinion, I think Zetterberg's gonna he's gonna finish out his contract. I think he will play every season until the contract is up. Um, so I, I think that's a positive thing, and uh, I want it to happen because uh, that dude is going to go down in Red Wings history as the captain who was there when it all fell apart. <laughs> so. Um, I think that's a, I think that's a, it's that we should all be rooting for uh, Henrik Zetterberg to play these last few years and uh, just go on a, go on a tear and uh, do, do good things. And while he's doing it, be a, a, a very serious mentor to players like Dylan Larkin and in uh, company. So, sure. All right. So uh, I guess now we'll just do what we always do and we uh, will move on to the reader questions. Uh, you know, it's kind of what we do here, and we love doing it. And we love listening to what you guys uh, have to say, what you're, uh, what you're asking, what's on your mind. Um, so JJ is going to take the lead as always. He is the uh, village reader question guy, whatever. Um, yeah, <laughs> JJ. Yep, aces in their places, and this is my uh, this is my place. Uh, starting off, we got uh, Bertussis, which is a great username. Uh, asking, uh, should we be keeping Martin Furk around? Seems like another Polkanen, great shot, but a defensive liability, power play, role player. If we aren't going to keep him around, who do we bring up to take a spot? That's a good question. Is Marty Furk going to be a Red Wing next year? Yeah, I think I think they'll give they'll give him a, like a one year. I yeah. personally, personally think that that will happen. Uh, should it happen? Eh, I don't know. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation, I suppose. Yeah. And he, okay. but he does, he does seriously need to work on some like not just like the defense stuff because he's not a defensive player. He was never a defensive player. He'll never be a defensive player. Um, I think that he just needs to. He's a he's a he is a personally at times can be just a one trick pony, and we just need him. I wish he would just shoot the puck when it's not just like thrown. Yeah. In his wheelhouse with a big red bow on it. Mm. 
You know, I want yeah, to he has been passing up his shot a lot more than he should have been. A lot. And he's yeah. not he's not like he's not a terrible passer, but he's not the kind of guy, you know, he's not Henrik Zetterberg. Like right. Henrik Zetterberg can and can pass up his <laughs> shot because he's got that crazy Swedish <laughs> mojo. So you know. But yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. Like they bring him back, it's like cool, it's probably gonna be for relatively cheap and yeah, it won't be a big contract. And if they don't, it's like, all right, well, I mean we essentially gave him up and then got him back for free. Mm. And then, you know, he, you know, had, had some good goals this season. So I don't know. I think, uh, you know, like I said, damned if you do, damned if you don't, or, you know, it's, it's, I'm fine with it either way. So, yeah. yeah like it kind of depends on the, the role for me. Like if you still yeah. want a guy to do that, then you might as well have Marty Furk if you're not going to get like Thomas Vanek back. Um, and honestly with the guys in the pipeline, like, I don't know, he's not really in the way of Giovanni Smith just yet. The only other guys like I'm, I'm really looking for, uh, I I would want Evgeny Svechnikov to play more games than Marty Firk next year. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, give Michael Rasmussen a good, a, a good chance, but that's, that's a center versus a wing consideration. Yeah. Uh, you get the same thing with like possibly Axel Holmstrom. Like honestly, at this point, it's Marty Furk or, or Luke Witkowski. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely taking Marty Furk. Just oh, yeah. see <laughs> see if if the the sheltering on the power play gets you to the point where Marty Furk can actually bring back a trade deadline asset next year. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd give him another another look. Why not? Yeah. Sure. So. Yeah. Peter, anything to, to add to the, the topic? Not really. I mean, I think, you know, it, it's going to depend on what we see in training camp for some of these guys. And, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of like what you said. Like, I mean, if we have somebody who would be better, you know, better suited at taking up a roster spot than somebody who is kind of one-dimensional, then great. But if we don't, then, you know, I don't think it's a really big deal, especially, you know, like you guys were saying, as long as it's a short-term contract and then you know if something goes wrong we can move it or wave them or something like that so yeah the devil you know yeah there you go uh next question same user ken and mick how do they stack up against other announcing duos are there any broadcasts that make you a little jealous i think ken daniels is probably the best regional play-by-play guy in in hockey yeah I mean, I would say and that, he's not, he's yeah. close. I mean, he's way, he's way, way up there. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why when NBC is short staffed, he's doing it. Yeah. Um, he's just a good, he's good at his job. Uh, he's really good at, you know, he has a good, exciting goal call. Um, he's fair. He's down the middle. He's not like some crazy Homer. You know what I mean? Like some yeah. play-by-play guys are, he's got a good voice and uh, I will always be cheering for Ken Daniels because that dude has gone through a lot and he's doing it. You know, I can't imagine uh, losing your son and uh, wanting to go on and do anything ever again. So um, yeah, he's probably the best in my opinion. And uh, as for uh, Mick, uh, I mean, he's not, he's not, (laughs) he's not a TV guy. He's not, he's there because he's, he's got a good personality. He's makes you laugh. He makes you roll your eyes. Uh, but the the one thing that you know Mickey Redmond, I think personally, being such an old school hockey guy, um, like old school hockey guy, uh, he is 
he doesn't like you would all like cause you see guys like Don Cherry and these older like hockey reporters and commentators say this dumb stuff, like really dumb, like whether it's just factually wrong, extremely like asinine or possibly sexist, racist or anything like that. I think Ken Holland is or Ken Holland, I'm sorry, uh, Mickey Redmond is uh, he holds up there. So I, I, I don't know. I, I would put them up there because honestly, I don't like any other play by regional mm. play by play or color commentator really. Mm. And plus I, I think I think the two of them work well together. Oh yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Ken Daniels works well with everybody, but they do yeah. but them in particular they do work well. Um, yeah. and uh, I love I love Ken I love a uh, I keep wanting to say Ken Allen got <laughs> um <laughs> it's like a Freudian slip. Um Mickey is uh I the way I look at what they have is it's like the perfect balance of uh, of bolt that of something that caters to both fans, whether you're a casual fan or a diehard fan, whether you are a complete super fan or you're just like, uh, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I think that they really do level each other out. You know, Ken Daniels is really good at being down the middle and, and, and that, and Mickey Redman loves the Red Wings and he's, yeah. he's got a ton of stories and uh, I think it, it's just a really good combination. I, I I agree. I I think that looking around uh, the rest of the league, I've got my my own personal favorites. Like I really like uh, Daryl Ray in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, Dallas uh, has always been good. Yep. I like what uh, I like what Darren Pang brings to the St. Louis broadcast because mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of Mickey uh, in terms of like how connected he is to the history, but yeah. also how how. How nice, avuncular! Like he's he's a guy you'd hang out with and just kind of like learn hockey with. Um, yeah, there's and honestly, I I I know I'll I'll take endless shit for this, but I really like Jack Edwards. Um, oh yeah, no, yeah, we've been over this before for yeah, sure. And it, it's for what he does, and I understand he's he's a homer, but the guy really he's a huge hockey fan. He knows his hockey. And yeah, yeah, if you forgive him for going a little over the top, I wouldn't trade Ken and Mick for for any of these guys, because um, I, I do think they're the gold standard. I don't, I I understand they're not perfect. There are things that they that yeah. they don't that I don't agree with. But honestly, I I think that they I think Ken and Mick are great, and I I'm baffled at, at seeing other fan bases go like, oh, these Detroit crew, I, I hate them. It's like, oh, well, you're wrong and stupid. So, whatever. yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a uh, that's uh, absolutely. Yeah. Wings fan 69 says contract disaster with Holland's comments about the defense being old and needing young players. Do you think Cronwall will end up on the long-term injured reserve to make space for Hicketts or Ronick? It's I, I wouldn't rule that out. Yeah. I thought it was going to happen this year. I'm I'm amazed that he played as much as he did. Yeah, I think we're all just kind of waiting for the the like for Cornwall to to fade away. Yeah. Uh, also, will the Wings be able to deal any bad contracts at the draft by paying a team to take a contract? Nah. I mean, it, it's possible. Um, I, don't, I would at this. Point, I wouldn't no. bet on it. I wouldn't bet on it, but it's possible. Unless, yeah, unless they're taking like a a big one. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm talking like not just a guy who has like two, three years, or or like one or two years left. I'm talking like. I will. I I consider making a move like that for a. I don't know. I would. I would consider it. I'm not saying I would do it. I would say I'm consider. I would consider yeah. it. Sure. Yeah. 
I don't. Yeah, I would have to be a, a really good deal because I don't think the Red Wings are in a place right now where they need that. With how much the the cap is going up and how much space they're going to have, I don't foresee yeah. an actual problem in re-signing the important kids. They're going to move more ELCs or low-paying deals in. They're going to continue to be a capped-out team, but that may honestly be more helpful to keep them from. Uh, accidentally buying on guys that they maybe should not be spending that money on anyway. So if you can dump a contract now and get good value without having to pay too much, then yeah, sure. Go ahead and do it. Um, Because you obviously don't want to be held. You don't want to be stuck holding the the check on a guy whose contract gets even worse to have to move out uh, at a, at a loss of, of value later. But I'm, I wouldn't be, I, I don't think they're going to do it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do it. I wouldn't be, I, I'm definitely not against them doing it, but I just, I don't think they will. Mm. Yeah. It's just yeah. something I'd consider. That's about it. Yeah. 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 Right. Do you, it, obviously you never turn down the right deal. Cause if you did, yeah. it wouldn't be the right deal. Right. Exactly. Uh, Joe Galad, when do we bottom out? Is it this year, next year, later? What does that what mean? Should we, what yeah. should we expect to scoop up before we go before we go on our way out of the bottom? What does bottom out mean? I like guess when like, we, like when the, are we the, the lowest way, point in the standings? Yeah, when is yeah. the actual worst? The the nadir of this of this organization. When when does it truly all uphill from here? Are we like, there yet? That's no, we're not there yet. But yeah. I, that's just a, such a loaded question. Um, yeah. I, I no no we're not there yet no uh, and when will when will the uh, the bottom when will we bottom out I don't know it is in as little as a year and as many as I don't know a dozen years I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I think it's reasonable to say that it could be next year it it could be I know like I'm not saying it will be but yeah. I think it could be. Um, it could be this year. I, I mean, you would sure, know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, you know, because I mean, I think this year we could have finished higher than we did. You know, I mean, so uh, if I had to guess, I would guess next year. But I think give or take a year, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, it's a tough it's a tough question to answer. <clears throat> I'm going to go hot and say the team has already bottomed out. OK, cool. Cool. Yeah. By me. <laughs> And say the the follow up is that does any of this change if we win the draft lottery this year? And yes, it basically yeah. proves me right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they win the bat, if they win the draft lottery, that's not you know, it's not it's not like everything's fixed right there and then. But sure. yeah, you've got a potential a step. You've got a cont- a potential cornerstone. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, our own uh, Mikey Lakey Hockey wants to know if we don't get a top three pick this year. Do you think management will try trading up to get one? If we pick five to eight, what would that upgrade cost look like to get into the top three? Uh, we go over it every year. Yeah, um, we don't have enough. <laughs> and I have, I have, I have the same answer every year. Uh, yeah. It, it, more often than not, it costs way more than it at what it is worth at face value. I just, yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, if you're uh, going from, let's say they're at eighth overall and they pack the eighth pick and the twenty-eighth overall pick to get in like the top three, that's not enough. So. Oh no. At that point, yeah. you're then flipping more draft picks, probably, and then you're getting into players. So, like, yeah. no, I don't think so. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, every actual analysis shows that the cost of moving up is basically just not worth it. Yeah. Uh, if the the lottery screws you and you end up picking eighth, then you just deal with that and you yep. change your plan moving forward. I mean, if you get a, yeah. obviously you make the phone calls around the draft table to the other GMs Absolutely. to find out if something's going to do something stupid, but yeah. uh, you don't spend just to get into the top three just because it makes you feel better. You you do the actual analysis and and yeah, I mean, and, and, how it works. I mean, if you're going to trade into the top. If, if you're going to trade into the top three, no, don't trade into the top three. Just do everything you can to trade to number one, I guess, at that yeah. point, right? Like, But um, it, it, it's a sidebar to that. I think the, the best strategy for the Red Wings now is to just retain whatever pick they get um, in the lottery and then hold on to it and then start shopping that Vegas pick for, you know, two second-round picks or okay. something like that. Yeah, I mean, really, the only time we're we're talking about trading picks in the the first round for the Red Wings is if they end up with number two or number three and there's another GM who is, like, really, really desperate, uh, it may make sense to be able to actually trade back and get better value out of of that. And that's... That's a crapshoot that oh, would yeah. terrify everybody, For sure. <laughs> For whether or not we do the right thing. But yeah. I think that's more likely than than moving up. Yeah, I've always been of the the impression or uh, the uh, opinion that uh, the more draft picks, the better. Um, so I think that's you know if you t- if you let's say that Vegas ends up picking like twenty seventh or twenty eighth. If you drop back and you trade that for like the forty fifth overall pick and like the the you know whatever the fiftieth overall, just as an example. I like that way more than picking 28th, I think. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, JJ, it's a crapshoot. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's something. It's another damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. I do like some of the guys that the Red Wings have been able to get lately with uh, extra picks from trading yeah, back. exactly. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi and Philip Peronic yeah. included. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, Tyler And, yeah, Tyler Bertuzzi is, like, the, like, He's a free like that was a that was a free situation. I don't know if the Red Wings <laughs> actually just had like seriously scouted this kid or whatever, but he was ranked at the very bottom, the last player in the NHL CSS in his draft class. And they took they traded down and they took him in the second round. And I mean, it looks like that was a pretty good gamble there. So yeah. Okay, the next question we might have to spend some time on. Uh, Gordy Orr twenty seven wants to know: Is it April twenty eighth yet? Um, uh, Apparently not, no. Please don't listen to this episode for two more weeks. <laughs> and then the answer is yes. <laughs> Polar Baron wants to know about Larkin's ceiling. Says Datsuka clipped a point per game in his fourth season, fifth year after in the league due to the lockout. Zetterberg took it uh, third season. Both were probably more sheltered in their first few years. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, but Larkin is only 22 next season, and neither of Datsuka Zetterberg broke into the league before age 22. Uh, after a poor sophomore campaign, Larkin poured 63 points this season in 82 games to get up to just about three-quarters of a point per game. A little bit over that. Yeah. What are the odds Larkin is able to eclipse one point per game in year four? Can he sustain that level of production for eight of the next 10 seasons like Zetterberg did? It's my observation that the Wim hockey community sees him as a non-elite first-line center in this league. What does he need to do to change that opinion? He just needs to keep doing what he's doing with consistency. Yeah, I, personally, I, oh, I, pers- I personally think that Larkin's ceiling uh, could very well be like Mark Scheifele, basically. Like, 
a really, really good center who can play first or second line. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what he probably will be. And he could very well go a point for a point per game at some point, but um, I don't think it has much, a lot to do with Larkin as much as it has to do with what's around him too. I mean, he makes everybody better, but if he has, you know, if he's surrounded by good players, he'll, he'll do it. He'll, he'll toe yeah. the line and he'll, he'll make it work. But yeah, I think you're looking at him. I don't think he's going to be like a, you know, a consistent point per game guy. Like, you know, once he hits like 24, 25 years old, I think he's just going to be, uh, that guy that you, I don't know, like 20, like a, like a 60 to 70 point player per season, I think is what, what you can really have him at. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to have a couple of seasons of doing a, a point per game, but he's not going to hit that consistently. Uh, I think he will, he will be the kind of guy who like when he gets the point per game seasons, uh, he'll get uh Selkie consideration, but never heart consideration. So I guess uh, your mileage may vary on what you want to consider elite, but uh, I'm I'm not sure he's going to get there outside of Red Wings fandom in, in terms of what he's considered. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like for me, the really positive thing is I think I, I think it was a little while ago, uh, Zetterberg was I think it was a post game conference, and he was talking about how like Larkin's always the last one off the ice, and sometimes it's like thirty minutes he's out there extra, so he seems to have that drive to want to improve that he's going to need to have to to you know to reach his potential, and so yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree with you guys on 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 what is reasonable to expect from him. Yeah, right on. Uh, Wolgie wants, uh, Wolgie 88 is going to take us back to the Ken Holland topic real quick. Uh, what do you think management is looking for over the next two years? A two-year extension seems odd since it's not a completed endorsement, like a lifetime contract, nor is it a wait-and-see deal, continuous one-year contracts. And finally, it's not enough time to complete a rebuild. So what do you think management will use as a bar to measure success or failure for Ken Holland over the next two years? I think I'll, I'll start off saying two-year deal makes a lot of sense in terms of how old Ken Holland is and, and where they're at. And obviously he wasn't getting a lifetime deal, but you can still fire a GM halfway through a two-year deal without much of an issue anyway. Mm-hmm. So basically yeah. the the meat of this question is what do you think management will use as a bar to manage success or failure for Ken Holland over the next two years? Um, I don't know. I, I really don't. I think the, the I think what they're gonna I think the bar will be whatever Ken Holland wants it to be, I guess. I don't I don't really know how to answer it. Like mm-hmm. I think they signed a two year deal because it's a it's a it's a it's a stopgap. Mm-hmm. Like it is a stopgap situation, you know? It's like get me to you know, I, I'm at point A, I need to be at point B. So we're just gonna do it this way. Um so I think the bar for excess obvious success is going to ultimately and this is going to come back to the businessman thing uh, with with ownership. Uh, uh, building a better team, a team that can compete, a team that can be good, uh, and ultimately puts fans in the seats uh, and, and and stuff like that. I think that is the bar for success. And it is either it is just it's the odds are not in his favor right now. So I think that Ken Holland, after this two years. It'll just be like, all right, it's time to, to do something else. I don't think there is a bar for six. I don't think there is a bar there. I don't think they're going to measure that. I don't think they're going to look at something like that personally. I don't know. And that's just, I don't know. 
I think they're just going to let him do what he wants to do, and then when when two years rolls around, they're going to make they're going to they're going to vet that, and they're going to figure out where they want to go from there. Um, obviously, if he rebuilds the team in in one year and is completely <laughs> amazing and fixes everything, <laughs> then, well, there you go. There's your there's your next contract extension. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. That is a really yeah. really good question, and I I don't really know how to answer it. Peter, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, like like I think it kind of gets back to the. Um, you, you know, the question that Kyle had raised with, you know, what um, I, don't, I don't know how the word I was looking for, um, you, you, know, you know, basically where he said, like, you know, he, he, he feels that like, uh, Chris Illich, you know, doesn't know as much as he needs to to make this, you know, to make an informed decision in this in this regard. Um, you know, so if that's true, then it would be the, like it's kind of hard to know what what the bar would be. I mean, could it just be what the I don't want to say media, but, you know, like what the intelligent hockey people are saying about the team, you know, maybe maybe we're still out of the playoffs, but they're saying like, wow, you know, the Red Wings are definitely improved since they, you know, since a couple of years ago. Um, but I mean, it's I don't know. It, it seems almost impossible to know uh, what what that bar would be. I don't know. I wish I had a better answer, but I uh, I think the answer is is kind of hidden in the considerations here, and and Kyle had mentioned it in terms of you know going back to Chris Illich being a businessman, and and I'll just say it bluntly, I think the bar for Ken Holland's success over the next two seasons isn't going to be on the ice. I think it's going to be in the stands. Yeah. Um, make the team more marketable by the end of this two years, and that's your bar for success. I don't think it's going to matter in terms of. Ken Holland still being the Red Wings GM three years from now. But I think in terms of what the organization wants is for us to not be talking at the end of uh, the next couple of seasons uh, about why the lower bowl, the LCA is, is so barren. And I didn't want to say it that way. <laughs> I didn't want to say it that way, but it's, it ultimately boils down to, having a team that can fill stands. <laughs> I mean, you don't necessarily need a better hockey team than the Red Wings are right now. You need a more exciting one. And that's how, that's what's going to, to dictate that. Um, and as the, the fans get, the, the diehards get kind of driven off by, you know, on, on we or annoyance, um, you gotta have something to to sell. You you gotta have that pop, and so it's it's gonna force Ken Holland to to come up with with ways to market the team because that is half the the GM's damn job. Uh, we as the diehards love to get caught up on how good the team is because that's really what matters. Um, but in terms of the businessman decision, it's you know your dollars and and my dollars are not worth any more than some casual dipshit walking off the street who doesn't really give a shit about what the definition of icing or what Larkin's true ceiling is. Um, you know, for the, the people who, who absolutely uh, love Luke Witkowski, which is a, it's a valid opinion. I, I don't want to call them like dipshit hockey fans just because you like Luke Witkowski and I don't. All, all our dollars are worth the same. Mm. So... That's what matters. Uh, next up, Peter's Glove wants to know, uh, the draft motto is best player available, but I think the Wings have to select a D-man with our top 10 pick. 
Not likely we would get Dolan, but I feel pretty good about drafting Boquist, Dobson, or Bouchard. Your thoughts? Uh, why do they have to take a defenseman? Is it because our defense is bad right now? Mm. So if you were to tell me right now, if you were to draft mm. Evan Bouchard, I mean, if let's let, like let's let's put it like this. Let's say you can tell you can see into the future, and you draft Evan Bouchard, and he turns into uh, a number two or number three defenseman, uh, and you pass up on a guy like. Oliver Wallstrom or possibly Brady Kachuk, and they turn into like a number one center or a number two center. What do you want more? What do you, which one do you want more? Like it's, it's, I mean, it's a good, it is a good question. Like it is, it is like, yes, the Red Wings have issues on defense, but the issues that they have on defense are right now, like right now, that's the issue on defense. Uh, The issue should be for this team is what is, two years or three years from now. And that's where the best player available strategy, uh, that's why it makes most sense. Yeah. Um, so I, for me, it is literally always going to be best player available unless you have a clear, uh, unanimous, like, super talent like Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah. Uh, after Rasmus Dahlin, after, uh, in this year's draft, it is all up in the air. Any player could go anywhere. Uh, Svechnikov, Zadina, uh, they're two wingers. Uh play you know i they could just go anywhere from there so i don't know i think i i just stick with the best player available unless i mean if we if let's say realistically the red wings got third overall and they took one of bouchard dobson ty jones or something like that that would be a bad pick because you could have a potential you know you could take brady kachuk you could take oliver wallstrom you could take uh spetchnikov or zadina or something like that mm-hmm. like i don't know I just yeah. think it's just it's got to stay the best player available, and I don't think the Red Wings have stuck to that over the past couple of years, obviously. So yeah, uh, they have very, very obviously drafted by need over the last couple of seasons. Look at last season or last yeah. draft. They drafted defensemen. They drafted everything. They draft like they keep drafting goalies. They keep you know they they're doing it all. So. Um, the way that it seems that they're doing is that they are trying to cover all their bases uh, and they're not putting all their, uh, their eggs in one basket. So um, I don't know if you were to ask me, do you, would you rather have Evan Bouchard or um, Brady Kachuk? I think I'll take Kachuk. If it came down to the two gun to head. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally understand the idea of, our defense is weak, so we should definitely take a defenseman. Yeah. Like, like, like I, I get it, but at the same time, like you said, I mean, I, I don't know. I've, I've always bought into the the best player available idea. Like, I, I think it makes, I think it makes the most sense. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to just repeat what you said, but yeah, I mean, that's that's, I'm, I'm in the same boat there. Like, I, w- I would love to get a really good defenseman. I, that would be great. But at the same time, if if there's a, a forward that's going to be, you know, going to have a higher ceiling, I want to take that player. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I have to stick with, with the BPA strategy, but I will say that I'm kind of mildly terrified that BPA is going to be a winger by the time we're picking. And I just don't – I'm just scared of the concept of, of what a winger brings value-wise to the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of, of what their need is right now. So I will cross that bridge when I get there, basically. 
Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and it is important to note that best player available is, you know, there isn't like one set list of best player available. It's everybody's got a different definition of it. So, yeah. Uh, Primus says, Chirilli and Edmonton is said he's opening to trading their first. What packages could Detroit realistically offer for that first? Uh, they're ninth in the lottery order right now. And then what could they potentially do with Edmonton's first? Not just pick a player, but could they pair theirs and, hey, move it up? No. Also, um, my Detroit's competition. I don't care about this. I don't, yeah. Somebody else answer this question. I don't care. I mean, it's Chiarelli. So, uh, Ablocator, uh, Wachowski. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to think like the most ridiculous thing we could do because you never know. You might say yes. You give him I mean, 28th. You, here's what you do: give him 28th overall, give him one of the second round picks, and give him Danny DeKaiser. Yeah. Boom. Done. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think you're losing Vegas's pick and a second round pick to start, and yeah, it's it's going to be a roster player that, and yeah, based on Chiarelli's valuation, yeah, who knows? Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said before, you make the call. Yeah. yeah. Never know. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, but no, I, I am serious. If it was like, hey, they they hit number nine in the lotter- lottery, they got the ninth pick or whatever, and they're like, uh, we want the Kaiser and we want the twenty eighth overall pick or the the Vegas pick, and then we want one of your, the highest of your second round pick. Uh, do you say yes? Yes. <laughs> I think you. I think you say yes. Oh but yeah. Yeah. I don't think the Red Wings would. Say yes to that. I, I'd have to do the thing where, like, you put them on hold and just start dancing. Oh yeah, for like for five sure. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Adeline nine seventy six has another kind of draft related question that I th- I think we've we've touched on enough, and, and plus we're gonna do another episode of this before the draft and like really get yeah. more in depth on on that as, as more rankings come out as, as we know more. So. Basically, hold that thought, and and we'll go back to that, Adelina. It's a good question. It's just kind of where it it hits, just not right now. Um, so finishing out, uh, MKE Lawn. If you could, how many paper cuts between your toes would you be willing to get if it made sure the pens wouldn't three peat? Ah, uh, this is an easy one for me, and I'll probably get flamed for it. But the zero. answer is zero. I don't want. Yeah, I, I, yeah. That, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would much prefer if they don't, but at the same time, paper cuts are terrible, and I do not want to inflict any pain. Like I, I can live with a, yeah. a bad sports outcome. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and when you think about it, I mean, what more do you need? The Blackhawks missed the playoffs. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like. The the hockey Santa Claus already came and left us a bunch of really nice gifts. We don't need any more. <laughs> like we're good. Like the the Blackhawks miss. If the Penguins three peat, sure, great. I hope Riley Shan scores the game winning goal in overtime of Game Seven. I hope that happens. That's fine. Whatever. I'm not taking a paper cut to, to my toes. Nope. Yeah. Or anyway. Then I have to yeah. then I have to walk around. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And my shoes and my feet sweat really bad. That probably is gonna sting. <laughs> Ooh. It's just like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. See, I would go. <laughs> I would go monkey's paw consideration as terms of why I'm going zero on this answer, just because it, it's not enough to just say Pittsburgh doesn't get to win the cup. Um, I would take like a a, a corrugated paper cut, <laughs> or like one of those like really like nasty Manila ones. Oh. Um, 
with with lemon juice. Oh, if I could pick the cup winner rather than only getting to pick one team that wouldn't get to win the cup, because keeping Pittsburgh from three peating, yeah, I, I would I would do that. Like, but then there's a lot of teams out there and like, oh yeah, you, Pittsburgh didn't three peat, but congratulations. You just made the Toronto Maple Leafs the, the cup champs. <laughs> um, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks and Corey yeah, Perry no, is I'm, your Con Smythe winner. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Evander Kane, come on down. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, if if I, I would take a paper cut so that I could pick, like, ah, oh, yeah, here's here's the, the Preds winning with, with P.K. Subban as the, the Con Smythe winner. Yeah. I'd do that. I'd, I'd take that, but yeah, not not just to keep one team out of it. Not enough. My my toes are more important than that. I would, yeah, I wouldn't do it at all. I'd do it if it was like the Red Wings win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, do it up. Line me up. Let's go right now. <laughs> I'll buy the envelopes for you. <laughs> all right. So uh, it sounds like that was our last question of the night, right, JJ? Or yep, day. that takes us out of there. Okay, cool. So, uh, wrapping things up here uh, with me, another episode of Wing at Motown Radio. Uh, any final thoughts or uh, questions or concerns? Uh, I think it would be funny if uh, if Pittsburgh scores seven goals every game in the first round. Yeah, that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> A twenty-eight goal sweep. Yeah, I had to read Philadelphia Twitter. <laughs> when when uh, yeah, I had to deal with them winning the Super Bowl. They're it's time for them to it's time for them to be sad again. Yeah, it is about time for for Philly to feel awful. They've had it too good for too long, like yeah, they deserve. They, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm fine. Uh, yeah, I, I I hope that they score seven goals in in every game as they sweep them, and I hope <laughs> that uh, Sidney Crosby gets. A hat trick every game because it just makes Flyers fans more angry. <laughs> JJ, you got anything for us? No, amen, amen to that. Yeah, good final thought, Kyle. Yes, absolutely. And mm-hmm. as always, thank you for listening in uh, with us at another episode of uh, We Get Motown Radio. Uh, we will. Uh, well, I guess you won't see us next time, but you will hear us next time, and we hope that you will be there to. Oh my God. Guys, it's been really fun. Let's uh, let's let's. Oh, wing it is okay. Oh, wing it is okay. Please get us out of here. I chose TV over. Okay. <laughs>